Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to USTA Florida's Here to Serve podcast. I'm Laura Bowen, the Executive Director for USTA Florida, and today we're going to tackle one of my favorite topics, adaptive tennis. And I have two very special and awesome guests who are going to join me and share what's happening in this world and what we're doing at USTA Florida. First up, we have a returning face in voice, one of our favorites, Danielle Gooding. She is our Director of Community Tennis. Welcome back, Danielle. Thank you. And we have a new face and voice to our podcast. Um, We have William Speed, who is our new adaptive and wheelchair coordinator. And he also has the best name in USTA Florida history, I think. Um, So Will, welcome to the podcast and welcome to USTA Florida. Thank you, Laura. So Will, since you are the new face and voice on our podcast, you're in the hot seat. Can you tell us about your background in adaptive sports and what brought you to USTA Florida? Yeah, sure. Um, My background in adaptive sports starts uh, when I first got injured uh, in 2006. Um, You know, I had a motorcycle accident, so that left me paralyzed from uh, mid-chest down. I didn't start my adaptive sports career until I'd say 2009, uh, where I just kind of tried rugby uh, for quadriplegics and water skiing. Um, So I got really into water skiing. That was really where I found my passion. Uh, And I did that for a few years until about 2009. 2011, I started actually competing, okay. and in 2000, I guess meeting meeting different people in the in the industry in 2011, uh, we found a need in North Carolina for uh, adaptive wakeboarding and kind of teaching some of the underserved populations. Uh, so in 2013, we I uh, started a worked with uh, an existing nonprofit organization to start adaptive uh, wakeboarding. That was in the Greensboro, North Carolina area. And we've been running that program now since since 2013. It's expanded um, to a couple of states, uh, a couple of different days uh, on opportunities to actually get out on the water. Um, and then I kind of, I saw that that was really, really a passion of building programs and teaching um, others with disabilities how to live life again through through adaptive sports. Um, so that sent me to uh, to college actually on a, um, I had gotten into wheelchair basketball and they said I was kind of good at it. Um, <laughs> I don't believe I am, still don't. Um, but it sent me to college on a on a wheelchair basketball scholarship at the uh, at Edinburgh University of Pennsylvania. Uh, I spent five years there, getting a bachelor's in sports and rec administration and a master's in communication studies. And uh, you know, I just graduated back in May of 2020, right in the pandemic, uh, and traveled down here to Florida after after graduation and found an opportunity here at USTA Florida to actually provide exactly what I went to school for, which is to provide opportunities to those with disabilities, how to live life again, this time through tennis. 
Well, we are grateful that you found us because when you take all of that together, your background in adaptive sports, uh, rugby, basketball, water skiing, I mean, you picked the hard ones, it seems. Like, that doesn't seem like the easy sports to do. I've wakeboarded before and I face plant a lot. So you picked the hard ones. Hopefully um, you can bring joy to tennis and I don't think it'll be that hard to get you on a tennis court after doing those sports. Um, so Danielle, I wanna to turn to you for just a minute uh, because you and I have had uh, several conversations on the podcast and off about the adaptive programs in the state and how they've been impacted by the COVID shutdown. Um, so I wanted to ask you as we, I hope are starting to kind of emerge um, and really resume almost everything. What, where do we stand right now on the resumption of those local programs like Special Olympics and Love Serving Autism? Yeah, it's looking very positive. Um, I think back in September when we helped um, Special Olympics deem tennis to be a safe sport. Um, they worked with us to putting out um, safety guidelines for their players, their athletes. They they knew it was important for the players to get out because they had been quite a few months of them, um, at least at home, doing some virtual activities, but um, they really wanted them to go back out. So we worked with Special Olympics to put out safety guidelines, and that was the beginning of the return to activities for Special Olympics, which was back in September. And there was um, phase one, which involved, you know, obviously no contact, um, minimal participation on the court, um, but it resumed. And now we are now looking at phase two um, in many of the regions. Um, again, no personal contact, but uh, an increase in participation. So um, the progression has been very positive and I, I believe very responsible uh, to the point now where certain counties and regions are having their, um, their trainings and programs towards their county games. Not everyone is resuming, which is understandable. You know, every region in the state has different um, counts, uh, positive counts of COVID. So everyone's being very responsible and reactive to what's happening in their region. So um, I would say that um, for the safety of the athletes, phase two is a perfect place to be for SOFL. Awesome. Um, as far as, sorry, Laura, as far That's as okay. love serving autism, again, Lisa Pugliese, who, Lacroix, who is the owner of the brand, and is in partnership with us, has taken a very responsible um, approach to returning to activities. And she as well um, did minimal participation back in September. And at this point, she has increased participation, has expanded her programs, um, and is looking to um, just work with us in making sure that athletes can go out safely. Excellent. And I know there's high demand in both cases, so that's a good thing. And I love to see that we're being responsible and we're kind of balancing demand with what's reasonable. So let's talk a little bit about Special Olympics. Um, this is my favorite event. So um, first of all, big question, are we planning to host the state games in Florida this year? We are. We're very excited to announce that the state games, the Special Olympic state games will take place May 7th and 8th at the USDA National Campus here in Orlando. 
Um, we are looking to have low participation, not the same as last year um, or the year before, but still to have activities um, for the different levels, the different skills. Um, so in this COVID world, I think we can manage to do this safely uh, along with the, the campus staff and the Special Olympics staff, of course, but we're so excited um, to hold these games. I am very excited. I've had it on my calendar for that. Uh, I think it's May 8th and 9th. I can't wait. I'm very, very excited. Um, but I do want to ask about safety. So what? let's talk a little bit about what safety protocols we have in place and what are we planning just to keep people safe, even with the low numbers? How are we going to navigate that? Absolutely. Um, so <clears throat> USDA National Campus has their own safety protocols. Uh, and Special Olympics has their own safety protocols with with um, you know COVID nineteen. Um, as far as how we're going to intertwine those together, we're still working on the specifics of that. But we do want to use a um, app that's called Virtual Tournament Desk, and that app is something that we're going to give to you a download as a volunteer, as a family member, or as a participant. Um, you'll get a text it through that app that will tell you what court to go to um, when to be there what to expect things like that that way we can really keep the the physical contact down to a bare minimum um, other than you know when when we're in in actual tournament play awesome and we've seen that at work in some of our events already it works really really well makes it very efficient and safe so i'm very happy to hear that we're going to be using that will i'm going to stay with you for a minute okay. um, so uh you've been here for a few weeks and you've taken a good look at what we're doing on the wheelchair tennis side so what thoughts do you have just so far on how we might grow participation in wheelchair tennis you know Growth in any adaptive sport is always dependent on your participants, right? So getting the word out to our participants is going to be one of our biggest challenges. Um, getting the word out to them so that they participate. So, you know, some of my ideas are, are to host tournaments for, for USTA Florida to be involved in tournament play, uh, where we would go out, we would a, we would host a tournament, um, and even if we're not hosting a tournament, maybe even going to other sports tournaments and building a presence there. If we can build a presence there uh, and show that, show other disabled um, athletes that we're here and we're here to serve them and that tennis is an opportunity in their area, then they'll be able to get the word out to other people and word of mouth is, is how, how we're going to travel, you know. Um, so that's one of the big things I want to do. Um, another area is, is in the junior play area that I really want to tackle. I really want to see wheelchair tennis incorporated into, into everyday scholastic opportunities, interscholastic opportunities. So if we can have after school programs that include wheelchair tennis, that would be ideal. I love that. That inclusion part is so important and, um, you know, I'm not very familiar with the other sports, but I know in wheelchair tennis, it's, it's not difficult to include wheelchair as part of all of our programs and activities. Um, and 
you know, the rules are the same. It's just two bounces and a lot of the skills activities and things are the same. So, you know, that's something that I really would love to see happen myself. So we're happy to have you on board and we're happy to try to figure out how we make that happen. Yeah, you know, barriers to, to wheelchair tennis are not not very large. You know, it's one of the sports that's the most easily inclusive, easily adapted. Um, I would say that the, your biggest challenge is, is the equipment, you know. Um, obviously, in wheelchair tennis, you're going to be using a specific sports chair. Uh, those are typically tailored to the individuals. But that's something that we provide, you know, that we can we can provide help with um, you know USTA offers grants and scholarship opportunities to get this equipment we offer equipment on national campus you know so it's something that I think is very doable very very feasible to, to have incorporated into everyday life excellent so last question any other insights or updates that either of you would like to share with our audience it could be anything adaptive anything wheelchair any any thoughts or ideas you have or just wanting to encourage our audience well i think the first thing that we should mention is that there's a wheelchair tournament wheelchair tennis tournament coming up there it is march, march 28th. 28th march 28th on the national campus so hopefully our listeners will feel the feel the uh, need to come out and check it out. That's a great point. And you can find that on our event calendar at USTAflorida.com. It's a one day event, team focused. It'll be our Sunday fun day for March. Um, so thank you for mentioning that, Will. And I think you'll be out there, right? To of kind course. of check out what's going on. Excellent. Danielle, do you have any other thoughts or insights you want to share with our audience? Yeah, I think, you know, for Florida and USA Florida, I think uh, wheelchair tennis is moving in the right direction. There's a brand new partnership now with the USTA and Move United um, to work on adaptive sports um, together to, to have a pathway that's clear for uh, providers, for facilities, um, organizations such as ours to start programming, um, to find the players and to guide them in the path uh, towards uh, success, which is a junior circuit, a college circuit, and even a pro circuit. So um, I think that partnership is going to help us um, achieve what we need to do, Will and I, and, and you, Laura, and also just the direction that you're taking us, Laura, in terms of um, devoting one position to adaptive sports um, and making sure that all departments within the, the section um, include uh, wheelchair tennis at least in their events whether it's a junior event whether it's an adult event um, we are making sure that it's crossing all departments well credit to our team because they are all very uh, supportive and passionate about adaptive play and i think we've done some good work but we hired somebody with the last name of Speed to hopefully accelerate what we're doing in this uh, in this area. So thank you both for joining me today and for really um, thinking creatively about how we can do we can always do more. Um, so thank you both. Thank, thank you. you for having us. For those of you uh, listening to the audio only version of this podcast, just a friendly reminder that you can actually see the video version and see our wonderful faces uh, on the USTA Florida Facebook page and Instagram. 
if you are out there and you're interested in volunteering, supporting, or playing in any adaptive tennis or wheelchair tennis opportunities, you can reach out to any of us at any time. And Will's email is pretty easy uh, to remember. It's speed at USTAflorida.com. And I'm sure he would love to hear from you. And of course, for future uh, podcast topics and dates, you can find those at USTAflorida.com slash here to serve. Thank you so much for tuning in and have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.